Today, it's my absolute pleasure to sit down with Errol Douglas, MBE, globally recognized among industry peers and celebrity clients as a leading hairdresser for over 40 years. Join us as we dive into his amazing career, from opening his first salon to being presented with an MBE by the Queen herself. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Maine has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely industry. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to welcome our guest for today, Errol Douglas, MBE. He is one of the industry's most respected and influential hairdressers focused on craftsmanship and the positive emotional change that can be affected through hair. Errol opened his first salon in 1998 and quickly became known as a texture expert committed to technical excellence in all hair types. Errol was truly ahead of his time in ensuring that from its inception, his salon had the ability to take care of any hair type. Since then, he's become a multi-award winning hairstylist, recognized by L'Oreal, Cosmopolitan, The Evening Standard, and in 2008, The Queen, as he was presented with an MBE for education and services to the hairdressing industry. Styling multiple celebrity clients, including Brad Pitt, Diana Ross, Cindy Crawford, and Irma Thurman, to name a few, Errol Douglas is a true industry trailblazer, and it's my absolute honor and pleasure to speak with him today. So Errol, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. That's just... I always, when I hear things like that, I always think, you know, who who are they talking about? But and it's, um, yeah, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. It's great to be here. Oh, no, it's such a pleasure. One thing I will definitely echo, and you're going to see that um, hopefully through the interview. Yes, I'm all about uh, collaboration yes. and uh, bringing through new people, especially in this industry. That's music to my ears. I'm already going to tell you this is going to be a really exciting podcast. So, I asked all my guests the same question. I'm going to ask you, who, in a nutshell, and this is a hard one because I don't even know what I would say, but who, in a nutshell, is Errol? Whoa, that's a big one. Who is Errol? Um, Errol is the person who reaches out his hand to help uh, others. Yeah. Errol is forever growing in the respect to um, business, spiritually, all those little kind of trinkets which make a person. But um, I would say Errol is definitely not finished. Love that. That's, uh, that's, that's um, such a beautifully well said. I think if I was going to answer that, I'm going to say something very similar and I'll, I'll credit you. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but um, let's start sort of at the beginning. So uh, like baby Errol, um, where was baby Errol born and raised? Um, I was born and raised in East London. Yeah. Um, a place called Hackney, not spelled A, spelled H. Yep. East End growing up was um, particularly hard because you never uttered the word uh, beauty or hair mm. or anything like that because you would be set upon. Yep. Growing up, because I went to um, a boys' school, I had to kind of keep my mouth shut. But I've always 
pursued and wanted to get into hair. Hairdressers are visual artists. It's not just about hair. Hairdressing is so many different genres. You can work in a salon, you can own a salon, you can be a session worker, you could be a Hollywood film worker, you could be a catwalk hairdresser, you could be magazines. There's so many commercial elements to it. But uh, my thing uh, was I wanted diversity because I grew up in a, an area which was quite ethnic. And I'm not going to say black because it's so, uh, everybody's like, you know, in a melting pot. But yeah. if I wanted to do hair, I would have to have gone to a black hairdresser's or a barber. And um, yes, I went to it, but I didn't want to be defined as that. So from, I would say about four or five, I knew I wanted to, my texture was hair and to um, ascertain what it really meant. And I think the rest is history because I had a few doors opened um, for me, uh, A-class, but I had a lot of doors I pushed. Um, You know, I won't say I'm forceful, but, you know, I will, yeah, I will kind of get there in the end. Uh, I had a, a lot of help from my friends, uh, but at the same time, uh, for me to open up a business in Knightsbridge with a face like this doesn't work because we had a lot of opposition. But um, 25 years later, because we opened up in 98, uh, we celebrate 25 years this August. Wow. And that's my own inspiration, really, because we're still here. I've got an amazing business partner, Kim Clayton, but our team defines us because um, I couldn't have done it without uh, their help. And I mean, that's what a moment just to really look back and reflect 25 years later. Uh, and, uh, and as we know, especially even after the pandemic, let alone 25 years, right? It's, it's, it can be very hard to have a business that still stands and also making a big impact like your salon does. So that's a huge, huge testament to, I think, your character and your team uh, that you've, you've obviously built on the way. Um, I kind of want to, uh, you mentioned, you know, you started getting some experience within the salon. I, I read online your first, I think, work experience something within the salon was aged 11 and then you went yes. with... Roger, tell us a bit about that period growing up. Well, that period um, was really interesting because, and I'm only going to say this as um, aesthetics, and you Mm. should never judge a book by its cover. You should never um, underestimate somebody until you know what knowledge they've got in their head. And obviously, you should obviously hear what somebody's uh, about to say because I'm always say when I'm talking to people, you know, or mentoring, I always say, listen. Uh, before you kind of jump in there. But from 11, my big chance was my mum, who kind of kept everything under wraps because she couldn't tell my dad I wanted to become a a hairdresser, used to take me into her hairdressers. And um, in those days, you know, I went in and literally stood or I was kind of crouched by her side. You know, the excitement for me was um, the lady we used to do her, her hair was called Mrs. Johnson was to listen to the stories and to see how amazing this lady sounded because she didn't just have a hairdresser in East London. She traveled a lot as well. And um, she treated my mum like an absolute queen, uh, a diplomat. She was so uh, charismatic. Um, and you could see, especially um, people today, the whole draw about hairdressing is personality. 
and skill, but it's about personality. If you can keep somebody in that chair for two hours, three hours, four hours, you're doing well. If you keep somebody in that chair for 20 minutes, you know, um, you know, it's going pretty downhill. But the one thing I loved being in that environment, she let me come into her hairdressers um, on a Saturday on my own. That's illegal now, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but I didn't really do much. I was just always helping. You know, somebody came in, took their uh, coats, you know, helped them with magazines because obviously uh, you have magazines back then. Yeah, yeah. COVID, we can't have things like that now and it's stuck because, you, you know, people picking up and uh, sediment and all that stuff. So, yes, it was great to be in that environment. And I learned a lot because I, I was meeting people from all spectrums of, of um, uh, the culture in, in East London. So there were people coming in who were obviously local people, there were business people uh, coming in. She had a lot of really influential women. And it's quite interesting because now hairdressing is very um, unisex. It's very diverse. Uh, when I was an assistant, no men came into Mrs. Johnson. There was only, there was only women. So it was quite interesting kind of being in that um, you know, having the privilege to work with uh, such influential entrepreneurial women because they all had a business or all, all had a story to tell. Um, and that was great. So, yeah, 11. Wow. And then I had the opportunity. Uh, I saw an advert uh, for a job in now, I think it's called uh, Sea Containers, but at that particular time, it was Blackfriars around that area. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw a, a job advert for an assistant but what grabbed me uh Akash, was the job interview wasn't at the premises it was at the house of the person who was doing it roger hart had an open day in his garden and um, at that particular time you know 16 i hadn't been traveling uh, around london a lot uh, my mom said do you want me to take you and i said no you know, um, I went to this massive house in Hampstead. Put it this way. Now, obviously, that's second to none yeah. uh, with me. But I w- walked into the house and I thought it was a library. Wow. Or I thought it was some kind of private school because it was so big. It was so big. Yeah. yeah. And then I walked into um, the garden because he didn't answer the door. Somebody, I don't know, housekeeper, I don't know who opened the door. I don't know. I actually could have been a gardener. But this man led me to the back and he, uh, Roger said, oh, you must be Earl because obviously he's seen my picture. And my interview was a group interview. He didn't even interview me, um, you know, solo. It was a group interview. So not to say everybody was fighting for something to say. He wanted yeah. to see the interaction of the people. his, mm. yeah. So that was a great uh, opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Really good. So he chose the people in that room, so in yep. the garden, and there was a lot of people there, and a lot of people didn't come back. And yeah. um, that was the start of my career. But um, his dialogue was literally by Steve Containers, which was IPC, which is now Bansky's um, premises. So mm. well, now... You know, because it's like archives for me. That's where I got to meet every editor in the world, really. So it, not in the world, but in, in London. But in, IPC in magazines yeah. was, you know, next to Nat Mag. Uh, a magazine was one of the best 
we had all the editors coming in. So, and uh, I then met uh, a guy called Paul Edmonds. And again, that side of my life is history because Paul Edmonds, I was with him and his wife, who's uh, unfortunately uh, deceased now, Liz Edmonds. I was with them as an apprentice for about two and a half to three years before, um, you know, they let me fly. But, um, and I will say this, people kind of scoff on apprenticeships or anything where you're learning. And because people are so um, conscious of minimum wage, you know, um, uh, the rate obviously um, per hour uh, we're paid, but an apprenticeship is the most valuable thing um, ever because you get to see how somebody works exclusively. And people get it wrong what that word means so you know you're not going to all and sundry you're learning from one person and paul edmonds uh, because i had experience of afro hair and european hair he taught me uh different textures but he was always saying but what do you want to do or what do you want to do and i said paul i want to do everything i want to be known for everything i don't want to be known for one hair type you know you can't be a backstage model and a hairdresser walks up to you you can have asian hair indian hair brazilian hair and chinese hair you say to the hairdresser or the hairdresser i can't do your hair it's just i mean the international state put it that way but um paul gave me such a um a leg up because he was doing all the magazine people he was doing tv that's where I got on the clothes show. He was doing all of London, London Fashion Week. Um, I was traveling by then. And, you know, fast forward, I met Paul at about 16. And three years later, I'm traveling on TV, doing catwalk, doing, you know, doing celebrities. And, yeah, it was it was huge roller coaster, massive. Uh, roller coaster and the great thing is now um and i always say this because people forget um hairdressing it accelerates you you don't slow down it propels you uh, my career i'm still doing hair i'm still doing shows we do a lot of international shows the, my one of my proudest moments actually I had three uh last year was um, winning International Hairdresser of the Year in Europe. And then I won International Hairdresser of the Year in Australia. And then I got Iconic Hairdresser of the Year. Um, yeah, the same year. Wow. That tells you something. It goes to your first point, right? You, you're still, we're still growing, still creating a story, you know? It's not about, and, there's, and as the industry change. So true. Yeah. I think one of the things where people forget life is relevance is about who you are. Okay, exactly. if you're living in the past, you're going to stay in the past. I don't live in the future, I live for now. I love that. Yeah, really well you are said. Thank you. I want my pathway to be, I'm making it um, as I go along. And it's, you know, and I, I, I think everybody says this, and you have to say and mean it. I can't always be right, because I'm, you know, never right uh, sometimes. But at the same time, you can't be wrong. But it's what's your definition of wrong and right? So it's, there's, there's, there's so many balances yeah. uh, to what I do. But um, yeah, but again, uh, fast forwarding 
um, Paul Edmonds gave me my biggest um, uh, help in my career. And uh, when I left him, I was in a void because I didn't know what to do. Um, I worked for a few other brands, didn't really work out. I was making them more money than I was making myself. Uh, My wife uh, at the time, because I got married, and my best friend who lives in North Carolina, a guy called Katrona, um, Carmen Katrona, uh, sorry, Katrona, said, um, what are you doing? And Mm -hmm. I said, what do you mean? He said, Errol, stop working for people, open up your own salon. And this is the absolute truth. I had no vision of opening a salon until that day. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Because I was making it on my own, uh, being a freelance. So, yeah, that changed my life. Uh, 1998, we opened in an area which, um, again, you just don't see people um, like me with businesses. Mm-hmm. There's Belga- Belgravia, not too far from Harrods for everyone yes. listening. Yeah. Like, you know, the yeah. Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And we smashed it uh, because the majority of people uh, we were dealing with, um, they were kind. Yeah. So it was definitely um, not what you know. Getting into this premises is who you know. So we knew the Gravener family. We knew a lot of people who dealt with them. Uh, Grosvenor Estates, uh, next to Cadogan Estates in Knightsbridge, are the biggest landowners, um, you know, in the UK. They've obviously got to, uh, lots of assets internationally, but you know, I, I'm I'm literally in my um, private VIP room talking to you, and I look around and I kind of think we're still here. How does that feel? Like, I mean, I know, but like, does, do you still feel like, um, cause you say you live in the present a lot. Do you still have those pinch me moments where you're like, wow. hundred percent, hundred percent. I, I have these pinch moments because this street has been rock bottom. Sometimes there's like seven units, um, not least, um, you know, they dug up the street to make it look like it is now. That was a lot of, um, you know, loss of revenue for us. Uh, that was to do with the back and the front. There was a building being developed next door to us that hindered our business. We've, we've had everything to stop us doing well, but we have, um, you know, rise of the phoenix, you know, from the yeah. asses. We, we're, we're always um, rising up, but at the same time, we learn um, from mistakes all the time. And I've, I've got a wraparound amazing team, uh, infrastructure, but at the same time, I do look around and think, yes, we're still here. You know, and just thought, touching myself, you know, to see, is this real? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. And I can say this as entrepreneur, however you want to label me, having a small business, because we've got a, a big international name, but I've only got one unit. Um, yeah, for small businesses, it's hard. Because, you know, the, the demographics that people coming through the door changes, everybody's changed since um, COVID, everything to do with COVID or the shutdown as an excuse. So we have to wrap that around and make it work for us. So, yes, there's obviously fewer people going out. People are used to ordering things on their phone. People don't want to go out because they've made their homes into palaces. So we've had that, you know, um, people go out less to eat and drink because it's so expensive. But at the same, same time, 
I want to drive people to come in, spend their money on their hair, nails. <laughs> so it's the whole thing. But I love, you know, I'm an entertainer. I like going out. I don't like staying home. No, like for, for people listening as well, like what is, I would say in your, in your words, the, the differentiator, if I may, about Errol Douglas, at like, you know, your salon that you're, you know, you, you would toot your own horn and be like, you know what, if you come to us, this is what you're going to experience. Well, you come to us and the experience is um, luxury. There's certain words you can't use anymore like five star and experience or whatever, because everybody's experience is different. So I would like to say it is like a, a, a professional atmosphere. We are um, professional as in technical excellence. We do every hair type. Uh, you would come in here. We have a receptionist, front of house, front of guest people. We have seniors who can do uh, the best haircut, short, and like I said, we do um, um, straighteners, texturizers. We have a manicurist. We have eyelash people. We have a restaurant um, which we serve uh, breakfast, lunch, high tea. We have so many different things because we are unique in the sense of you can get everything done under one roof, if that makes sense. And then that, that's 25 years of, of perfecting and excellence, right? Of like seeing new customers come in and, yeah, and catering to, to what people want. Yeah. And, and the only thing I can say, which makes me feel um, very proud, mm. uh, Cash, is the fact that we deal with the best hotels in this area and they ah, send their clients people. to us. You know, That's a true testament. That's a really good point, actually, yeah. right? Because for them hotel. To, to do that... And often do some even have their own salons, right? So they're still sending, that's a very good point, yeah. A lot of um, businesses, especially the hotels, because they want to have that wraparound service for their um, uh, guests as well. They have all the amenities. But um, like I said, you know, the Barclay, Jumeirah, um, Lanesborough, uh, Peninsula, I can go on, um, uh, Mandarin Oriental. Everybody sends us clients. And um, for us, because that's a good thing, because it generates us to um, grow our workforce. So we've got hairdressers who work in the salon and out of the salon. Uh, something which has been very um, successful for us is opening on a Sunday. Uh, we never used to open up on a Sunday, and now we offer that service. Um, you know, I know it's a Sabbath, should be working, but it's a Sunday that we have to work. But um, that has been aspirational because people can um, have access uh, to us. And hairdressing is, you know, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it chooses you. You can't just learn it. There's more to it. You know, you have to be artistic. You have to be good with your hands, people. You have to tune in uh, when somebody doesn't want you to tune in. Meaning you can have a client who doesn't want to speak. Not to say you don't speak, but you have to know when to kind of you know push back a little bit um hairdressing is a, it's a unique profession and it's one of the happiest professions as well but at the same time the satisfaction of you know we have um all genres of people men women they him we have so many people that come into this salon and their experience says it all when they leave and they're 10 foot tall 
You know, that empowering feeling of beauty and hair can give somebody that extra um, inner um, spirit and it gives that person that extra mile. You know, if your hair doesn't look good, your skin doesn't look good, you don't smell right, you know, it may sound superficial, but it's not because it keeps people going. You know, it goes back to that that quote, right? Like, uh, have a good hair day, bad. Day. You know, it's 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 true. Like, uh, and and I know it from having a hair care brand myself with we, products, right? It's we, you can see the reactions, uh, the yeah. emotions that people feel when they are talking about their hair and their hair journey, right? And that's the most important. Is you know, hair is so cyclical. It's such a journey where. You, you'll go to a salon, you'll feel amazing. And then a couple of weeks later, it, it could be damaged again, right? We do it to ourselves. We do even things that we can't control, whether it's postpartum hair loss, whether it's COVID hair loss, there's so many things. So it is a journey and you need the right places that you feel you can trust in and you can feel comfortable to be who you are. Um, and, and, you know, as you said, right, rightly, it's the, it's the salon, the hairdresser's job to really make sure that they feel comfortable and, and empowered, right, in their own it's hair. It's a safe space. And not feel ashamed. Safe space. And I feel that's a problem a lot of the time. There was a TikTok recently I saw about someone who, um, she went into a salon in America and she basically left saying like, kind of feeling like her hair, because it was textured or something, it wasn't right and she didn't feel like um you know she she felt less of because it was like oh we can't do your hair it's too difficult to do we're not we're not allowed to do it we're not we're not i don't want to do it and that's like a horrible feeling that today it still exists yeah that people can't get that um and do do you find that in in london for example a lot everywhere yeah because yeah um people don't bother to educate themselves or they don't bother to find out what's there so all I can say is think of it as a community thing. If I'm going to open up in a, in a community, I have to do my homework, see who is in the community, and then get the right people to deal uh, with that community. But lucky enough, everybody's, I train everybody in all hair type. That's really All powerful. of my operatives. That's amazing. Yeah, all of my operatives, all my hairdressers know how to do textured hair from 2C to 4C so they can go through uh, the spectrum. And um, that's really important. But uh, one thing I will say, and, um, you know, thank you very much for all those salons out there. We get a lot of recommendations. Uh, oh, why don't you go to our and we've had a lot of people taken from us, but yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's the, that's the journey. Well, you know, I also want to ask a question for those potentially listening in that thinking of creating a salon, right? It's a very different type of industry to a product-based business, but uh, has a lot of crossovers too. What are some of the advice that you would say, uh, and let's maybe fast forward to today, because I know in 1998, you had different challenges and different issues that you had have to deal with at that time with creating a business, a permanent store. Today, what are some of the tips you would give? Uh, the tips I would give is definitely start small. Don't um, start off with too many personnel. Don't start off where uh, you can't pay your wages. Um, you, ha- you have to start off with, you know, depending on the, the, the floor size, the uh, salon per square feet, I would start off with, a, you know, six, seven chairs or less and then grow that way rather than uh, the optimum salon. Uh, I would pick my people very wisely uh, because you never know 
you can make clash with this person, blah, blah, blah. But pick people who you know want le- longevity. And it's easy to say this. Train people who will take you further. But at the same time, you need senior people who are going to be there. And if they want equity, invite it. It could be to yeah. your advantage. Um, don't yeah. hold on to things. But ultimately, um, I would, and this is advice, try to find a range, try to find something which is yours or you can put your name to or bring out your own name. Um, cut out the middle man. Um, and without saying something, I've just said something. Um, yeah. but, but at the end of the day, you know, just keep small and work on okay. the community you have. Don't overspend. Um, and, and again, this is something which is going to shock people, what I'm going to say. Um, make your price, sorry, make your price a premium price. Don't think you can, you know, charge what the local people ever, but come in at a higher price because it's going to mm. be really difficult to uh, go down. I would stay up high. Once you, yeah, exactly. And once if you start too low, you, you've kind of can't go higher. It's really no. hard. No. Uh, and I think people underestimate all these extra operational and other hidden costs that come mm. with running business, especially a salon. Yeah. So if you kept your price at a good level, you know you can eat away at certain moments where there's normal, like you know, it might be a month of low traffic. There might be some issues. You know it just keeps yourself protected as well. And I think it's easy to do it on a product, right? You have this kind of cost. Absolutely. Good, but it's and, harder. Yeah. And one thing I will say, Apesh, is I think it's really important is the perception of marketing today is very different. So I would market myself in such a, a way where I am needed in that community. And if somebody comes to me, they won't quibble if it's a Tom Ford pair of glasses or if it's a, a branded, you know, jacket or a belt, they just would not quibble. Your price is your price. And um, anywhere. And it's your business. Absolutely. That's very important. Exactly. Anywhere mm. uh, you go, and again, and I don't want to be controversial, and I'm sorry for saying this, you belittle mm. yourself by bartering to anybody. Yeah, it's very true. You, you walk through the door, you know what the mm. person charges, Full stop. Exactly. If the person says to you, I can give you a deal, that's different. But to us, yeah. a craftsman. A or, haggle with the, you know, yeah, crazy. a discount. This Are you going to do that to yeah. your surgeon, your plastic surgeon, the person who's doing it's your such a, It's such a good point, you know? I feel like a lot of people kind of um, feel they can negotiate certain services and not others. It's, I don't know where it came from, right? Um, do you think it's also to do with the, the huge price discrepancy? And unfortunately, and, and obviously, we let's be realistic. There's also quality differences. We know that. But, you know, some people could be like, oh, I can get a Brazilian keratin blow dry for 50 quid from Splash, Soho. Why are you charging 300? I want it uh, 150. Meet me in the middle, right? That could be a typical yeah, conversation, yeah, right? Someone yeah, asks. Yeah. Um, is like, is it just to do with the price differences they're seeing in the market and they forget the quality and that pre- that experience? I don't know. Yes, possibly, but um, they don't realize, you know, the training. Every hairdresser goes through scrupulous training and their years are their uh, training. So we're in a, a, a body at the moment. We don't have to be licensed. Yes, most of the hairdressers are MBQ trained and qualified, but we haven't got a license as such, but... 
your license in the respect of, you know, if you're the owner um, and you're a hairdresser, not an owner who's not a, a hairdresser, your experience, because I teach um, uh, apprenticeship, apprentices, uh, we've, we've taught like hundreds of people over the years who have gone on to be famous hairdressers. But at the same time, my qualification is, you know, in the salon, which is totally different from being in a college or a place where you're paid for them to teach you hair. I will obviously pay an apprentice. I will teach them hair, but it will be over a certain amount of years. It won't be for six months. It won't be for two weeks or whatever. But at the end of the day, if my person is doing a keratin or whatever, you're paying for his expertise. You're paying for, you know, he's going to be in a salon which has insurance. We do sensitivity tests. Um, where where we do everything by the book, so some some salons don't even do sensitivity tests. They don't even ask you for any uh, history about uh-huh. what's. Oh, uh, I know. So I know. Yeah. <laughs> again, yeah. It, and it's to do with what products um, um, you're using, and yeah. So again, and I'm not dissing anybody. All I'm saying is, and um, the experience of that as well. You only have to look at somebody's social media, their Instagram, the pictures they're doing. You know, you can look on my hair page, which is Errol Douglas Hair, and you can look on Errol Douglas London, and we do real hair. So you can see all the great stuff. Exactly. And as you said, to your point, like, know your community as well, right? Who who are you uh, really trying to deliver the excellence for, and therefore you owe it to them to not change systems and, and deviate too much. It's about consistently driving that so they feel year after year, they feel they can get the same service of excellence. Consistency in this industry is everything. Um, And I think consistency with your team as well is everything. And consistency. And that's how you retain and retain, you know, keep them. And I think that's what you said. But equity is a very interesting topic too, about because I think often that's not... uh, uh, so synonymous so much to certain businesses, especially in the beauty industry. I feel like while you go in tech and stuff, it can be, especially in, in services. And I think that's a very good point too. And, and you know, you can be creative in the way you give equity. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be so complicated. It could be different schemes, but it keeps people feeling it's also their salon or their place of work. Yeah. And I think that's very yeah. important. I've always said this is, right? to my team, yeah. they're, this is theirs. They're all ambassadors mm. for the brand. You know, obviously we have yeah. to act accordingly because, you know, um, Errol Douglas brand for me or Errol Douglas London is very dear to us. Yeah. But at the same time, exactly. you know, we, we, yeah, it's like, what's that for us? It's like hormones and pheromones. I want to give off the right feel and balance when you walk into this place. But they're not many me's. No, I'll make that exactly. clear. But we're all ambassadors. Exactly. Yeah, I want them to be ambassadors and at least can even if it's not them they can at least um portray the right emotions of the the, of you and everything but you know speaking about ambassadors i mean you've had some incredible moments uh as the first ever uk and ireland ambassador over in moroccan oil and then most recently now uh you are currently the the first ever uk brand ambassador for living proof so tell us a bit about this and what that entails um ambassador roles for me are really important because let's let it lets me um, explore my artistic uh, range, uh, but at the same time, if you're working for um, a company, say like Living Proof, 
it 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 kind of pushes you further because I've been um, with them and working with them, and uh, they launched an amazing um, texture range. Um, I've been out to uh, America. I've met all their MIT people, so it's you know they're they're known as the the architects of hair. You know they're very intricate about the ingredients. They're intricate about the environment, how uh, the product feels, what goes into the product. But at the same time, it's it's a great uh, uh, union because you know that's what I was about. So to have that ambassadorship was amazing the last one which i've literally uh, just finished was dyson because i was uh, ambassador for dyson for quite a while and um you know their products are synonymous there's not any household now without some kind of dyson component and i'm not just talking about hair dryers it can go off into other things so i've learned a lot in the respect of um you know, the initial roles, but they've helped me travel. They've helped me do a lot. Um, but it's quite interesting because I've just been brought back on to doing a lot of TV. So I've do, been doing lots of stuff with GM TV. And TV is powerful in this country because most countries don't really give hairdressing that platform. Daytime TV in this country love hairdressers. They love makeup. They love skin. They love eyebrows. That is coming around again. And I did that ages ago. And it's now coming back. So I feel great when somebody says, come and do a show. Because um, we were the style squad with um, uh, Michelle Visage. And uh, we did all these makeovers. Amazing. Satisfaction of doing that. Uh, but more so, the great satisfaction is you can um, come back and do TV. But what everybody forgets, you have 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how long somebody's hair is um, in the salon. I've got about 10, 20 minutes to do that on TV. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, it's n- not easy. No. So you've got to be... A, you've got to be yeah. You know, fast. You got to be, be made for it. I think you, know, yeah. you. You have to be. I think people forget as well about TV. It's a mixture of so many things, right? It, it's it's a condensed, high sped version of something. It's also reality or a form of that, which is you have to be comfortable in front of doing it under pressure in front of a camera. But what I think what's cool about TV today, uh, to your point, is and for you to kind of now start working back into that is like you kind of now can hit a global audience. You're seeing these whether it's a British Bake Off or um, the, the you have to correct, what's, what's the name of the makeup um, competition on Netflix, which is everywhere? The Glow Up. Oh, yeah. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and that's on Netflix and people around the world are seeing it. And I think that's really exciting that you're not just retain, you know, con- concerning the UK audience anymore when it comes to TV, which is because um, it's all on this um, uh, kind of computer TV, whatever it's called, right? Digital TV. The power yeah. of... Um, TV and the power of recall is ginormous because what you see then is still regurgitating in the ether because it comes back, comes back, comes back. So I've seen people who were talking about all the stuff I did because we did quite a few bits um, for a couple of months. They'd have just seen it and I said, I did that months ago. Uh, Oh yeah, it was great. But they're talking about that in the tense of 
you know, it was yesterday. Yeah. And it's a bit like buying all the Sunday papers yeah. and not having time to read the sun- Sunday papers. And you read the Sunday papers a week later <laughs> yeah. or the magazines where you keep everything. Yeah. And um, whatever, you know, you can click on YouTube, you can click on, uh, you know, the brand because um, a lot of ambassador roles yeah. um, told, you know, this is what they were interviewing mm. us. You can hit on Errol Douglas and it goes right up yeah. in the respect to hair trees, um, you know, uh, algorithms and stuff. So I was really overjoyed. So that's a great thing. Yeah. But at the same time, I That's think very cool. they want somebody who knows, you know, all hair types as well, because I wasn't just booked to do one thing. We did European yeah, hair, exactly. we did everything. So it was, yeah. yeah. But TV is powerful and it would be even more powerful going on with an Errol Douglas range one day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's put it out there. It's going to happen. Yeah, it will happen. <laughs> is that something, um, well, speaking of that, like the future, what is... The, the things that you're planning, working on, that you can share, that you're excited about? like to upgrade in every respect, you know, premises. Yeah. You know, that's a long story. Yep. Um, I definitely yep. want to perpetuate the brand as in having my own shampoo lifestyle range. Yeah. Uh, and that's for curly hair um, from, like mm. I was saying before, from 2C, 2C to 4C. Yeah. I would want to encompass everything. Yeah. Uh, but at the same yeah. time, it's just having something people can trust because it's a brand exactly. you can trust. So, and that's needed today because yeah. I think there's a lot of products out there, but not enough that no. kind of um, no. really? cater to uh, you know, especially people with uh, textured hair or curly hair or thicker hair, like you know mine. Yeah, it's but true. hair, and I will just say this, and I know and talk forever about this, but hair, especially you know, in the form of curl. And in the form of the state of where p- uh, women think they can't control it, you know, they think their hair is horrible if it's too curly or matted, whatever. That's what I want to eliminate is all that kind of myth about my hair's curly. Why can't I wear it curly? And it's the myth about um, children, of um, multicultural uh, children as well. A lot of parents don't understand their hair, especially if they come from a different background. So there's a lot of things I want to mask and put it in uh, one bottle. But at the same time, I don't want to bring out masses and masses of products. I, it's got to be really simple. Uh, that's, the, that's the complicating thing now. There's too much choice. Yeah, I think, fully agree. Well, I'm excited for um, just be on this journey, seeing everything you're going to be doing, um, especially the TV. If you, you are, you know, we're connected now, so you've got to let me know when everything drops and I'll be a championing Thank it. Thank you. Um, before we, 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 we wrap up, I have uh, fire round questions, but uh, I have a desert island situation first. So, but as currently, I think uh, there's no products yet um, <laughs> that, you, you, that you have. So I'm going to ask you maybe a question a little bit more about some of your favorite kind of hair care products, maybe Living Proof. Um, and imagine I'm inviting you to this island, but you can only take one product with you. What is your current go-to hair product? I would say um, Living Proof um, uh, Shine Oil, uh, because yeah. you can't really live without oils. Uh, you can't live without hydration. And if it's an oil which is uh, water-soluble, uh, which can break down without kind of uh, clogging up um, uh, the water or sustainability. I would say that would be a product. 
uh, which kind of protects you, uh, i.e. UVA protection. Um, yeah, I will, an oil. Uh, that would be my oil. Okay, so now fire round questions. The first thing that comes to your mind. The first question is, and this is more for you and your daily use, um, potentially skin, fragrance, any industry, any vertical. What's a beauty brand that you're currently loving right now? Uh, Tatcha. Tatcha, love Tatcha. Everything Vicky's doing, amazing. And Daniel Martin's a dear friend of mine who used to work at Dior with me, mm. and then now he's there with them. Everything they're doing, incredible. I love they're it. really quickly. I'm a, I'm a bloke. And I could use it. And I love it. Amazing. Exactly. Um, my next question is, do you have a favorite quote or a saying that you keep close to your heart? Um, life is not a rehearsal. Oh, it's a really good one. Live in the moment. Just do it. Don't. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's so true. And, and you can't say anything about that because it's not, you can't go back, can't go forward, can't go sideways. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. And my last question is, if you weren't in the beauty industry, what would Errol be doing right now? That's another good one. Um, Before, I would have said something to do with medical or being a doctor or a surgeon or something like that because my uh, mum was um, an intensive care uh, sister. But now I would say design, property, I would definitely yeah. oh, property. flip nice. pro- anything to do with design. I've designed all my salons, and private houses, help friends, anything to do with design. Um, and yeah, just building something. Good on my hands. So, Love that. Pro- <laughs> I would definitely say property. Um, yeah, but, but almost like architecture or design or anything. I love design design yeah it's very you know i was i had someone on the podcast the other day and, and they said they were studying something before they went into beauty mm. and it was spatial design i found that really interesting as a word i never really heard of it because it kind of encompasses inner outer anything that just is just like create like kind of like interior and exterior design and i was like that's quite i never heard that word spatial but yeah uh, well errol it's been such a pleasure and honor speaking to you where can everyone continue to follow you and the salon what are the handles my handles are for my salon errol douglas london um and that's on yeah. that's L- that's ldn yes, right LDN. at the end yeah uh, that's on instagram and uh, facebook um errol douglas hair so that's me. Um, you can see what I'm up to in my antics. And education is Errol Douglas Club, which we didn't even touch on, but that's for the hairdressers. Um, but yeah, but we, yeah, we're very visual, put it that way, on all, all the channels. Well, well, just on that one, just really briefly explain what the education is, because I'm actually curious. Oh, the education for me was something I've always wanted to do. And it was all, all about mentoring. So it's passing on um, what I know. So uh, we had people who uh, wanted to collaborate with me. I was uh, teaching them all aspects of air. We did uh, had some groups. Um, we've done uh, one show. I, 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 I want to launch a whole um, uh, different cities. Um, I did one show in London called Unplugged. And we've done one in um, uh, Melbourne. So it's all about education. But what it is, is all the stuff I've learned from being an ambassador. So it could be anything. It could be cutting, could be hair up, 
could be catwalk, could be textured hair. So that's why we called it a club. The club was all about, um, uh, you know, stimulating people. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, great. Well, uh, people can learn more about it by going to, I'll put all the handles of all the, the Instagrams and, and, and even the website in the summary of this of this podcast. People can just click straight away. And uh, looking forward to hopefully meet very soon in person. We're, we're in London, so there's no excuse. And well, come uh, in. I'm excited to be on this journey with you. I'm going to come by, yeah. I'll let you know, and we'll meet in person. That'd be amazing. Definitely. Perfect. Thanks so much, Errol. You're very welcome. hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music Podcasts, the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.